Victoria Lee, class of 2016. Uh, I remember coming into Princeton as a pre-fresh uh, during preview weekend, and I spent uh, like at least an hour and a half with other pre-fresh and current Princeton students sitting in the Firestone Plaza under the big statue song in Val, just talking about Princeton. And I was like, wow, like this is the Princeton experience. But then like actually once I got to Princeton, I never even have given that space like a second thought. Like I, the only time I ever even like see it is if I'm walking to get to Firestone. Um, yeah, and it's just like a great space that I never really even think about anymore. So I came back here to teach a few years ago. I was class of 1985, so it had been almost 30 years. And on the one hand, the campus seemed very familiar, especially the top half of the campus. And on the other hand, I thought, well, where is everyone? The campus seemed like a ghost town to me. There just wasn't anyone walking around. And that was really striking because when I was here in the late 70s, early 80s, Firestone Plaza, any time of day, any day would have just been filled with people, with students, with faculty, with staff. And that was really where we really went. You could sit on the wall in Firestone and you knew that someone you knew would walk by. Uh, it was only a matter of time. And now, you know, I, I walk through that, that area all the time. And really, in all of upper campus, the tourists often outnumber the Princeton students and faculty and staff by 20 to 1. It's really very, very striking. So on one hand, I understand that the the life of the university in many ways, the social life for the students has moved elsewhere. They now have the first student center, which is great. We didn't have it. They now have residential colleges, which came in right after I left. And those are good things to have. But at the same time, the social life and the public life among the students has really moved indoors. So on the other hand, I think there is a loss involved in that, that we have this gorgeous campus, this world-renowned campus that's so famous for how beautiful it is and how beautiful its outdoor spaces are. And this is, of course, what the tourists are there to see. And, yet, and I think that outdoor spaces have a different quality as public spaces, right? They feel more public. They really are for everyone. The campus is an extension of the town, and it is a sort of pleasure park. I think the combination of Firestone, Chancellor Green, East Pine, and the chapel is, is in a way, the most historic and monumental part of the campus. You really feel like you're in a bit of an ancient town there. Fire, uh... Firestone came there in uh, in uh, forty eight or whatever, and the there was a the plaza with the Lipschitz sculpture in it was a circle for automobiles. You could drive your car right around, stop it in front of the circu circulation desk. They got this gift from Peter Putnam. It's a private, but it's out there enough. So it's a gentleman by Peter Putnam and his mother. Um, it was a graduate here, uh, had studied physics, and um, because of this incredible gift that they gave, um, the idea was to, in honor of his brother that was killed in the Second World War, he gave funding with the idea of, of bringing artwork in, not to the art museum, but to locations on campus that people can find in their daily lives. So the initial collection was put together by this committee, this advisory committee, and the Lipschitz was one of the artists that they had discussed. And so that the, the committee at the time was responsible for the citing of most of the core collection, which is the, the Putnam collection, which consists of 22 sculptures. The base of Jacques Lipschitz's Song of the Vowels is a column made of matted metal. 
The crowning sculpture takes on two forms. Look at it one way and you will see an angel. A bird featuring curved skeletal wings in sinewy motion. At once a man, a bird, a butterfly, and an angel. The angel's wings crest towards the sky. Walk to the other side and the sculpture looks as if it is bearing the weight of a heavy book. His wings are gone. The book is open and he carries it on his back. The figure becomes none of those things. Perhaps it leans into the wind, about to take flight. Late afternoon light delivers an iridescent glow, which furthers the notion that the figure is on the brink of flight. The sculpture sits in front of Firestone Library, Princeton's main study space. It is as if the sculpture says, here, I will hold your book for you. Now get to work. My name is Nick Sexton, and I'm part of the class of 2017. Joe Sheehan, class of 2017. Janice Sung, 2017. In, in the years I've been here, and I've been here in um, 37 years, uh, it's a long time, uh, there has certainly been uh, any number of different kinds of demonstrations in that space over, over the years, uh, in particular the, uh, the sculpture. The sort of elevated area around that is normally where people stand to speak. So if you've got a crowd there, um, so many times I've gone through there and seen somebody and you know students holding placards of uh, one one sort or another, um, and so you know I would associate that with a um, maybe even the principal central uh, public space on campus. May fourth, nineteen ninety two, the Daily Princetonian. Approximately five hundred students, faculty, and community members gathered in Firestone Plaza Friday afternoon in the largest of several campus events this weekend, protesting the acquittal of four white police officers in the beating of black motorist Rodney King. The verdict has led several campus groups, including the Third World Center and the NAACP, to organize meetings to discuss and reflect on issues of racism and discrimination within the justice system, both on campus and nationwide. Friday's rally, one of the largest in recent years, opened with a speech by Assistant Dean of the Chapel, Reverend William Gibson, initiating a chant of, no justice, no peace. I found photos from May 1st, 1992, of these protests of the Rodney King verdict in Firestone Plaza. There are signs taped to Song of the Vowels, in the middle of the plaza, and the sign reads, the other king had a dream for this generation and it wasn't this. If he were alive today, he would have his eyes up to heaven. And uh, I also, of course, more recently associated with the uh, um, weekly food market. Um, but it's, I mean, that's, that's a sign of the fact that people recognize it as, in a way, the central uh, meeting place on campus. I'm Katie Wolf, and I'm a graduate student in computer science. I'm one of the coordinators of the farmer's market this year. This location is uh, nice because it's central to campus and because um, it's a big open plaza type space where people can gather together. Pablo Navas, I'm an intern in, in uh, Valley Shepherds Creamery. And I'm working here for about a year. So I like the to the here the market, uh, the farmers market with the nice weather, young people, which I enjoy. And I don't know, it's just beautiful place, beautiful places, different from where I'm from. So I enjoy being here. 
two junior papers, um, which are 20 30 pages in length of independent research with a faculty member. And all seniors have to do is meet a thesis, which is 100 pages. Um, and it's a really cool opportunity. For instance, Teach for America was created by a senior thesis. Plenty of students, they write novels of their senior thesis. Um, some students I think it's a popular space. And we're, we're actually right now looking at... Um, uh, a pilot project to put more cafe tables around campus and chairs around campus on the lawns to get, you know, just make the campus more comfortable and friendly. In the current campus planning project that we're doing right now, um, um, we have become aware, I'd say more self, more conscious of trying to make the campus as um, inviting as possible. And so the idea of um, putting like Adirondacks out on the lawns or cafe tables like the art museum has in front of it uh, to find places where we can put those things out that'll draw people out and they can move them around make them make them comfortable for whatever they want right up up, to, up until now we've been a kind of um, good strict Calvinist uh, Protestant campus you know everything's kind of quiet and beautiful and strict and I think that if we if we let more things happen, like seating, it'll just sort of make it livelier. My name is Therese Kelly. I graduated in the class of 1995, and I'm now an architect and landscape designer and an artist who works in public spaces. Of the places you asked me about, Firestone Plaza really stands out in my mind as a place that I have a lot of memories of. <clears throat> Whether just the chance encounters of running into people. I specifically remember running into a former roommate who was telling me about a really exciting class she had just had on the Gnostic Gospels, or another friend that I ran into and had to ask about what our assignment was reading in the next chapter of Don Quixote. One year I was in a performance there that um, some friends put together for Take Back the Night, and it was done in the evening with really special lighting, and <clears throat> that was really a strong uh, place to gather for that. And I have some specific memories, like just sitting on a bench there with a box of pizza and having a really serious conversation with someone I loved and ending up breaking up there. And I also have a really joyful memory of coming, coming back onto campus after having just been to a coffee shop to get my thesis bound and running into um, running into some friends to show them it and um, asking if they thought the title was was going to work. So I think what what makes uh, Firestone Plaza work is really it's it's actually a nexus of multiple paths where you have these really strong feeders. Um, you have the library, you have the chapel, you have all the classes in Macosh, and you have East Pine, and then you have the town. And um, <clears throat> as an architect and an urban designer, that's what I look for when I'm designing public spaces are what are the cultural feeders, what are the civic feeders, what are the activity feeders that would make a public space work. It's not enough just to have a beautiful space, but you need to have reasons that people are going to go through that space or go to that space. Thank <laughs> you.